Well, good morning. My name's Phil. I'm uh, one of the elders here at Grace Church, and uh, I'm married to uh, Vicky. Um, before I start, I think it's very important that I point out this is my first time using the Britney mic. <laughs> and uh, I've typically, and I think deliberately, been restricted to using the handheld mic in previous occasions. So uh, if uh, I take the opportunity just to test out a few moves, you'll uh, have, to, have to forgive me, although I can never remember Britney doing anything like that. Um, so today is uh, Adoption Sunday, as Ben said earlier, and uh, it's a Sunday which uh, happens annually, where churches up and down the country um, stand together with vulnerable children in our society. And uh, this is the first time we've kind of joined in with them, so uh, we wanted to, um, rather than do what we normally do on a Sunday, which is to spend about half an hour looking at a passage of the Bible and how it applies to our lives, we wanted to uh, take the opportunity to um, make the most of Adoption Sunday. So uh, one of the things we want to do is Vicky and I want to share a little bit of our story. Um, as over the last two years, we've adopted three children under the age of five, and uh, I know what you're thinking, crazy, and uh, yes we are, even more so now than we were two years ago. Um, but as well as doing that, we want to take the opportunity to think about how we as a church can um, play our parts um, to the maximum in supporting vulnerable children um, across Nottingham and beyond. So before Vicky comes up and joins me to share our story, I just want to say a few things about adoption. So, uh, as we know, adoption is a, a key part of the Christian message. And so, those of us who trust in Jesus, who call ourselves Christians, we can all identify with adoption. John 1 verse 12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And 1 John 3 verse 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. So uh, as Christians, we celebrate, as we have been doing so this morning, that Jesus has saved us. He took the initiative. He came down to live a perfect life. He went to the cross, took the punishment that we deserve for all our wrongdoing, and he gave us forgiveness of sins and right standing before God. But the idea of adoption into God's family takes this much further. Theoretically, at least in my mind, through the work of Jesus, we could have been saved, justified before God, had our sins forgiven, and have right standing before him without necessarily being made his children. But that's not what God wanted. God adopted us into his family, and that shows us the extent and depth of his love for us and the extent and depth of our relationship with him. God set his love upon us. He's actively chosen to bring us into his family, and he's given us the family name. He's proud that we're his and the Bible says that Jesus, God's one and only son by nature, is not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. We have all the privileges of natural sons and daughters, including inheritance, and God's got good in store for us in this life and in perfection when we go to be with him. And we've been hearing through, if you've been here for um, a, a few weeks, you've been hearing um, our, our Father series where we've been looking at what it actually means for God to be our Father. We've been hearing about how God as our Father has massive implications for us and how we can relate to God. We can come to him boldly, tenderly, and as a child approaches a good parent. We can come to him with confidence that he understands us. Psalm 103 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. 
He remembers that we are dust. He doesn't overestimate us. He remembers where we've come from. He knows all of our weaknesses, and yet he welcomes us in. He takes care of our needs. He gives us good things. And when he disciplines us, it's as his children, and we know that he does it for our own good and out of his love for us. And his love is unconditional. His adoption of us is permanent. He never turns his back on us, never will do, despite our brokenness, our repeated mistakes, the suffering we may have caused others, our stubbornness, our bad habits, or our own rejection of him when we're struggling. So that's the implications of being adopted into a family with a, with a perfect father. Vicky's now going to share what it looks like when children are adopted into a family with an imperfect one. <laughs> so uh, please welcome Vicky. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, so Phil and I started the journey to adoption after five years of trying to have a family ourselves. And we went through various disappointments and difficulties. And we came to the point, didn't we, that we just felt we had to face the facts and believe that God had good in store for us. And we started to realize maybe his plan for family life was a little bit different to what we'd first imagined and hoped for. So not knowing very much about adoption, or really where to start, we stumbled across the Charity Home for Good, um, who promote Adoption Sunday, and we're going to hear a little bit about them later on. Um, they've written a really good book that's called Home for Good, and as we read it, it opened our eyes to what adoption is like these days, and the challenges that we would be likely to face. Um, but it also reminded us of what God had done for us, and some of which Phil's already outlined and then challenged us to see if we could open our home and our lives to some vulnerable children. And we decided yes. Um, and it might be helpful to point out now that um, adoption's quite different to the historic view of children being given up at birth. A recent statistic of March 2017, 76% of children looked after by local authorities in England have been subjected to abuse, neglect, or family dysfunction. So these children are coming from really difficult beginnings. Um, so we decided with our eyes wide open to push the door and see what God had for us. And we started the adoption assessment process in December 2014. And then early in 2016, our two boys, then aged two and three, came to live with us. And we'd all only met each other seven days before. So we literally found our lives change and turn upside down overnight. And theirs did again for the second time. They came really scared and confused and angry. And everything that they'd come to know with their really special foster carers had gone when they came to us. It was another change and another trauma for them to add to their difficult beginnings. But we knew God was with us, and we knew that God had chosen these children for us specifically, and that he was with us. But we began as strangers, and as you know, it takes time to build up relationship and to build up trust. And these little boys have had to learn to trust that our unconditional love is good and that it is safe to accept. Um, but life has looked pretty chaotic at times. Uh, we have been pushed and stretched to our absolute limits by some really, really challenging behavior, which isn't surprising when we've got two little boys who've gone through loss and trauma at a really young age, and they can't understand it, and they can't explain it. Um, but we've tried our best to love them and care for them, and we've made many, many mistakes 
as we've gone along. And we've learned something new of God's grace daily, of what he's done for us and then how we can show that to our children. There's a song that we sing here that has the line, he, um, he brings our chaos back into order. He makes the orphan a son or daughter. And there's many Sundays where we've sung that and I've just had tears running down my face because that's what our family life has looked like. Um, it's been pretty pretty tricky and it hasn't looked that pretty at times, but he is doing it. He is taking these little whirlwind lives and he's bringing them into order as he's helping us to show them what it is to have a good father and mother like he is to us. Um, and he's been so good to us as a family. He's literally taken these children out of darkness and put them into light and then has given us an extra special gift on top of their baby sister who came to join with us a few months after the boys. And she is a joy and a delight. And right from the off has been a blessing to all of us, isn't she? She has two very, uh, very protective and very proud big brothers. Uh, they absolutely adore her. And it's amazing to see God change all of them. He is softening their faces and he's relaxing their hearts as they're just given space to be children and to be who he made them to be. And he's stripping away the rubbish that they've gone through. Uh, Phil and I are also very different, aren't we? More tired, <laughs> definitely. We need extra, extra, extra early nights now um, to get through the day. <laughs> um, we're very aware of our weaknesses, and we know there's much more we're not. Um, we're learning every day that we need God so much, and we need his grace. Um, and we've also been refined through the fire, which hurts, doesn't it, at times? Um, but we have three very beautiful children to show for it. And they make us smile, don't they? They do. And we're very proud of them. And they are an undeserved gift to us. And it is amazing to watch a little boy whose face was frozen with fear, uh, laughing and telling jokes at the dinner table. He has the best giggle and the most wonderful smile. And another little boy whose gross motor skills were behind and he would tumble all the time and hit his head on exactly the same spot <laughs> every time. Um, and now he runs everywhere, and at the park he will climb as high as he possibly can, to his delight and my distress. Um, <laughs> but Vicky he pulled off this amazing catch the other day. He was almost at the top of this climbing wall at the park and fell, and she just leapt to the side <laughs> and caught him in slow motion. It was amazing. And, um, and we have a little baby girl who um, was very poorly in the first few months of her life. But she's developing in every way that you'd expect. And she's desperately trying to run around with two big brothers and keep up with them wherever they go. Um, and through this journey, it has been completely key and vital that we've known that God is our father, that he's with us and he's good to us. And he has just, as a good father, just peppered our journey with signs of his grace and his love and his favor. I think often to remind us that he's here that he's for us and he's with us. And um, those things include some very, very good friends who've stood with us and supported us and a wonderful family, but also the most beautiful church in you. And we wanted to publicly thank you as a church for how you've loved us as a family. We have been so supported by countless meals, um, treats delivered on our doorstep, bags of clothes and toys, text messages just to show us that you love us and you're with us. Um, also people who have prayed. There's um, one couple in the church that whenever something really tricky has come up, 
we've had a bad day at school or a difficult meeting with social workers, I've texted and I know straight away they have prayed and they have spoken directly into situations and it has been so valuable. Um, we've also known families opening their lives to us and welcoming our kids in and spending time with me particularly every week and loving me and loving me and loving our kids. And that's been children who are much older as well as younger children as well. And um, we've also known a wonderful, wonderful kids work here um, who have had understanding and patience and they've needed it at times as they've taught our children who've known nothing of God before, something of who Jesus is. Um, but beyond that, we've also known God being good in lots of practical ways. Phil's boss at work is a foster carer, so he's been really understanding and knowledgeable about what we've gone through. Um, the NHS is very generous in its adoption leave policy. So Phil, over the last two years, has had 16 weeks off work just to be with us. In addition, in addition to holidays. <laughs> yeah. <and> weekends, so. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, the local authority have financially supported us just out the blue. And I would say as well, they've um, noted our support network in the church being so, so amazing. And they have praised it, haven't they? And finally, our eldest son has found school really tricky, but God has gone before him and provided the most amazing teacher for him in his first year, um, who's a Christian and has daily modeled Jesus to him with her love and her compassion, and we're thankful to her. So as we, as we look ahead, we know that God calls all of us as Christians to take up our cross and follow him, and we know that we don't always know where that leads. And Phil and I, 10 years ago, uh, took our wedding vows, and we didn't know the struggles we'd go through as we looked to have a family, um, and the joys and the triumphs and also the, the battles we've had. But we wouldn't change it, because these three children are our children, and they are a joy, and they are beautiful, and they are an undeserved gift chosen by God for us to love. But our greatest hope for them is that from a young age, they'll come to know him, and that for all of their life, they will follow him. And as they do that, they will know him healing them and setting them free. <laughs> so uh, just to add, it's not really much to add, but the, the last two years genuinely have contained the darkest days of our lives. And uh, yeah, as the Bible said, says, joy comes in the morning. So uh, the darkness only lasts for so long. Whatever we go through, whatever you may be going through, it will come to, the, come to an end and we will know joy, whether that's in this life or when we go to be with Jesus. I'm pleased to say we haven't had to wait that long. And uh, <clears throat> as Vicky's hinted at, we do, we do have extended periods of fun family life. We have laughter in the home. There's still many, many challenges and uh, we know that these will come and go. Um, but we're so proud of our kids and all they're overcoming. And we really do believe that God has good in store for them. Why else would he pluck them out of darkness and bring them into light? It's what he's brought us into his family for. So for us, it's a massive privilege, privilege to be involved in adoption so directly and to have adopted three children. But we recognize this isn't necessarily an option or a life choice that's uh, open or right for everyone. 
And uh, so what we don't want to do this morning is, is stand up here and say, we've adopted three children. If we're, everybody in the church adopted three children, there would be hundreds, if not thousands, of adopted children in the church. Um, instead, we want to take a bit of time this morning to get us thinking about what we as a church can do more broadly than that to support vulnerable children in the unique roles that God has given us in his family. So uh, to get us thinking, we're going to watch a short video um, produced for Adoption Sunday by the charity Home for Good. There's a a flyer on your seats um, that says a bit more about it. Essentially, the the charity is about promoting adoption and fostering within churches, supporting churches to work together, and they also provide a voice in the political arena. So uh, let's go for the video, please. So uh, one of the encouraging things for me when thinking about um, that video is the extent to which we're already a hospitable church. And uh, Vicky's talked about some of the things that people in this room and in other congregations have have done for us through this process. But also, um, you know, what we're doing as a church through the social hub, through our midweek congregation, um, I really do believe we're an incredibly hospitable church and making progress all the time. But I also want to think a bit more widely than that this morning. And uh, as I've been thinking about today, these verses I'm about to read from Isaiah um, 58 have really stood out for me. So just bear with me. They might come up on the screen. They are going to come up on the screen. Okay. It says this. "Is this. Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. So although we're thinking about adoption and fostering this morning, these verses clearly have a a broader application. Um, But as those who have been on the receiving end of God's grace, love, and care, people who have been adopted into his family, we've also been called into the family business. We've been called to love those around us as we're loved, to serve, help, and care for those in need as we have been. And uh, in the passage that we've just read, it talks about bringing an end to those things that oppress people and stop people from living in freedom, sharing our food and our resources with those in need, bringing the homeless into our homes. Effectively, our children were homeless. Clothing those without clothes and giving practical help to those in need looking out for our own family, 
be that our immediate family or our church family. And so as we hear those things, as we reflect on that video, I just wonder what ideas and desires it prompts in you and us. And what opportunities are there for, for broader acts of hospitality, as Chris was encouraging us in the video? What things could we be doing individually and as a church to help people in these ways? This isn't the point at which I whip out a long list of ideas. I haven't got any. So, uh, <clears throat> but instead, we really need the church to be playing its part, and that's every member. And the Bible teaches that the church is like a body, with each part having a different function and a unique role to play. But not only that, we are the most suitable people on the planet to do this. Whether that's supporting children through adoption, as we have, supporting those who are adopting as you have, or supporting other vulnerable people in our society, we really are the most suitable people for it, because we've received the blessings of being adopted into God's family. We know what it's like to have needed a family, to have needed an identity, and we know what it's like to know the permanent adoption of our Heavenly Father. And we can pass those blessings on to others, be that through sharing wisdom, friendship, love, or even a home to a child, be that supporting others in practical ways, or through prayer, or serving in the kids' work here, which I believe increasingly over the years will have more and more adopted children in it. And uh, as we serve those in need, the verses that we've read from Isaiah are really clear. Our light, which is actually Jesus' light, will shine brightly. And God will continually guide us, protect us, and meet our needs. And we will see restoration in those around us. And I'd love us to be a church where we see that restoration happening, where we see people's physical and emotional needs being met. But for true freedom, we know that that has to be accompanied by an encounter with Jesus. I love seeing our children physically and emotionally thrive in ways that they would never have done and never could have done in their previous environments. But I definitely want more for them. What I really want is for them to encounter Jesus at an early age and to be adopted into God's family as we are. Then they'll know true freedom from the past and freedom to live for the future. Their eternity will be secured and they can live the lives that God has called them to, imitating their heavenly father rather than just the good bits that we manage. Can I have the band, please? So for us, it's been a massively challenging two-plus years uh, as we've tried to live some of this out. Um, good news, um, from a personal perspective, may as well share it, the last two months have been the best, and uh, it's getting better all the time. But I don't want our adoption, Vicky and my, my adoption story of our three children, to be our only contribution to supporting the vulnerable. I'm sure God's got more in store for us um, though at the moment, it's plenty to be getting on with. Um, but similarly, over recent years, as I say, Grace Church, we've made incredible progress in supporting the vulnerable. But I'm sure God has much more in store for us as a church. I'm convinced he's prepared many more good works in advance for us to walk into. And every contribution will be different. For some, it might be areas that are very visible. For others, it may be in the background. But as someone who's been on the receiving end of some of those more hidden acts of generosity and kindness, I can assure you that the impact's massive. Without people's meals, prayers, love, support, text messages, I'm not even sure we would have got through some of the darkest days of our lives. So let, let's each one of us continue to let God's love for us shape our actions, and let's keep, keep seeking to serve those in need as we have been served.